being a business entity does not mean that I am, you know, I'm now part of this capitalistic problem of America. And that's the mindset that we have to shift, especially as black people, um, because we don't want to view, we, I say it this way, we don't want to limit the possibilities for our inability to see the big picture. Worky, work home, sleep. Hey, 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 and don't it make for the perfect trap song? I mean, like, if a caged bird sings, then the mouse must freestyle about stacking cheese, stacking bread just to get ahead. What I mean is, I'm in a rat race on a hamster wheel. Meaning, no matter how far I think I'm going, no matter if I'm trying my heart, it seems like I end up back just where I started, trying to make ends meet in a circle of poverty. And, and the pie graph says I'm middle class, but when I look at the radius, I only find myself in the middle of a midlife crisis, middle of a financial crisis, middle of my depression, middle of a damn panic attack. Can't even think like that. I gotta go back to worky, work home, sleep. Hey, worky, work home, sleep. Hey. Worky work home sleep. Hey, worky work home sleep. Hey, worky work home sleep. Hey, worky work. This is Invest Like an Artist Show 7. And as you guys know, all of our episodes so far have been recorded with a group of artists in the room. For this episode, we were invited to do and invest like an artist in my home state of South Carolina. So you'll hear a difference in the in the crowd. It's a bigger audience. Um, you'll hear more voices asking questions, but it's still the same good content. For this episode, we return to Javertis Burnett of New York Life. He did our first episode. He's super important for me just because he swooped into my life in 2016 and changed it for the better forever. And I can give you more on that story later if you guys want it. But the moral of this story is JB is presenting his financial blueprint. This thing is so important, not only because it's your personal financial blueprint, but it the your personal financial blueprint will bleed into your artist blueprint, into your business blueprint, into your nonprofit blueprint, whatever else you have going on. And that foundation affects everybody around you, everybody who cares for you, your family, your friends, whether they have to swoop in every once in a while and loan resources or whatever. If you have the solid blueprint, you are helping not only yourself, but the people around you. So here's the show, demystifying financing and investing for artists and creatives of all kinds. If you're looking to learn how to empower yourself financially without waiting through complicated jargon, you are in the right place. Invest like an artist. Stay tuned for the show and please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I am not standing in front of y'all assuming to have dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. I don't have all the answers. We are not multi-millionaires, billionaires, none of this stuff. The only reason I'm looking like the stiff in the suit is because somebody told me they was going to be just like Michelle Obama and I needed to bring it. I said, I'm going to be comfortable. And so I promise y'all, I'm real chill. I'm real good people. And um, anything that, there's nothing off limits. So ask questions, get engaged, get involved as we dive in. So we good? Awesome. So today what we want to dive into and start thinking about thinking about first is this concept of creating a blueprint, right? This concept of creating a blueprint. If you build a home or you purchase a home, the one thing that they don't do first is you don't go out 
and start, you know, man, that's a dope people piece of land over there. I think I'll build a subdivision. And you like just come in and start putting a roof up and putting walls together and framing out of space. All right. Anybody want to tell me what's the first thing that, that you do when you get ready to build a project or build build a building? Anybody know what's the first thing you do? Foundation. You you guys are artists. What's the first thing you do when you're getting ready to work on a piece? You get ready to write. You gotta have the blueprint. You gotta have a blueprint, right? Except for, now there are some amazing geniuses who I've ran across who they see this thing already as is, and that's dope. I'm not one of those people, right? Most folks need a blueprint. What does the blueprint do? Do you guys know what can be some of the most expensive parts about building a home? Purchasing the floor plans, purchasing the blueprints. Those things are super expensive. And they're expensive because everything you're trying to create and trying to build is centered around this piece of paper. That's why architects make so much money. That's why architectural engineers and design engineers make so much money. Because these blueprints are priceless. Because in them lay every single detail of what's needed to create this masterpiece. Right? And when we think about our finances individually and as business owners, we need to be intentional about setting a strong blueprint. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So there are three things that we want to make sure that we cover. And I have to do my quick disclaimer because I see some folks videoing. So I have to do my quick disclaimer so that I don't uh, lose my right to make money. This is not individual personal financial advice to y'all. This is just general stuff. But everybody that's here, and Candace is going to talk about some more nuggets and some goodies that you guys are going to get. Everybody that's here, if you want a written detailed financial plan, and I don't care where you are, whether you're the teacher making $32,000 a year or whether you're gigging making $20,000 a year, I don't care where you are. We will create a written detailed plan for you for free. All right. And so our office does do some fee-based planning, and those plans can be pretty expensive. But we're going to do the same exact plan for y'all for free, everybody that's in this room. Okay? All right? Now, and so from there, then we can do some detailed stuff. So um, the purpose, there are three things that we want to really, I think, anybody have to do before we can take anything serious is we're going to talk about the purpose of this. Why, why be intentional with the blueprint? We're going to talk about the process of what creating a blueprint looks like, and then we're going to talk about the payoff, all right? Because everybody want to pay off, right? right? So we're going to talk about the purpose, the process, and the payoff, because uh, that's going to keep us on track and keep us guided. And if you can, and it's a little difficult because we don't have a PowerPoint stuff, so I've got all this neat stuff I want to show y'all. I want y'all to see it's real pretty, and I spent a lot of time <laughs> on it, and I didn't sleep. Um, but uh, I want you to think about your finances as a house. So I want everybody to kind of envision this house with me. Some of you artists, I know y'all can see it already. You, you created my paintings, y'all can see this house. I want y'all to see this house with me. And if you're thinking about the house from the ground up, not from the roof down, but from the foundation up, we want to lay a cool foundation. And our foundation today is going to be cash flow and net worth, okay? That's our foundation. The foundation of any solid financial plan is our cash flow and our net worth. I want everybody in here, if you don't walk out with anything else, I want you walking out with a strong sense of what your cash flow is and an understanding of what your net worth is because when we do create those plans for you guys, not only are we gonna create those plans for you guys, but we're gonna do a year of monitoring with you guys. So every quarter we'll sit down and we'll do a review. How are we doing, where are we at, are we on track? The thing that we're gonna measure next year, next March when we sit down and talk a year later, is has there been growth 
are substantial changes in our cash flow and has there been growth in our net worth? So those are, that's the foundational piece. So the foundational piece is that cash flow and net worth. Once we get a little bit above that cash flow, if we're thinking about putting up the framework, right? So we, we got the foundation laid and now it's time to build the framework. The framework that we're gonna to try to build is gonna be risk management. Okay, that's gonna be the risk management section. And the risk management is just a fancy word for uh, being prepared. We just wanna make sure you're being prepared. So risk management covers insurances, emergency funds, all that kind of stuff. So the framework that we're building is gonna be our risk management planning, okay? Once we've got all the framing done, it's time for us to go in and put all of this drywall and everything and get some stuff going and make this stuff look real good and the house start looking like a home. We're doing some wiring, some plumbing, some all of this kind of stuff. Those things are going to be our retirement planning, college funding, those type of things, our future goals, whatever those future goals are. Because you guys are incredibly talented, you guys are incredibly amazing, and while I want you to thoroughly enjoy what you do, and I want you to be in a position to be able to do what you do for as long as you want to do it, but I don't want you to be in a position where you're forced to do anything. I want you to have options, right? Right, I want you to have options. So if you decide, I literally want to paint until my hand fall off. And if I can paint at 85, I want to paint at 85. I want you to be able to paint at 85. But at 85, I want you to be painting because you want to, not because your lights need to be off, right? So if you're an artist and you say, I, you, you, I want to write until the thoughts don't come anymore, that's fine. I want you to do that. I want you to be able to write until you're 100 years old, but I want you to write because you want to, not because you have to. Right? And if you're slamming and you get the thrill of being on stage and, 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 and communicating your excellence in a way that people can understand it, digest it, and then make conscious decisions based off what they heard come out of your mouth, I want you to be able to do that, but I want you to do it because you want to do it, not because you have to. <laughs> that's you that's you I love it I love it and I want you to do that I want you to do that but I want you doing it because you want to do it not because you have to do it. now just to be clear right now at least for myself I won't speak for nobody else in the room I'm doing stuff right now because I have to do it right now today is because I want to do it I get to choose to be here today because I want to do that but I got to get up I got the clock I got to punch the clock I got to do this I got to do that you know people ask me what my majors go I, I told my manager partner I said, my first goal is I want to get to the point to where I'm making enough money and doing enough on my own to where I can tell my wife, like, hey, you don't have to go to work. If you want to go to work, you can go to work, but you don't have to go to work. So if you want to keep chasing kids and doing all this stuff and teaching and educating power to you, but you don't have to do it. You know? So right now, I wake up every morning, I have to. Okay? So no, but we're not, this is all of us, not just some of us. This is all of us. And then finally, we're going to put the roof on this thing, and we're going to put the for sale sign in the yard, or we're going to move our furniture in or whatever it is that we're doing, whether we're selling the property or moving into the property, we're going to move it in. And then we're talking about the gravy on top, this wealth accumulation, this wealth transfer, this generational wealth, right? Generational wealth. Not only so you don't have to, but so your kids have a different option than you have. Okay, so the thing that I say every time I speak, and I'll say it until I can't speak anymore, my ceiling will be my children's floor. I have a beautiful five-year-old girl who is super strong, super awesome, super animated. I have an amazing three-year-old son, and my five-year-old comes to the office with me at least once a week, and she sits in my chair, and she puts her feet up on the desk, and she says, Dad, this is my office. You know, she has her plan mapped out. She's going to be a ballet dancer. Then she's going to retire and be a doctor, and then she's going to retire and come work with Dad. But her little brother is going to work with dad from the beginning, and then she's going to come help him. And he just said, yes, sister. That's all he does. Right? 
But long as Sissy keep creating plans like that, he can say yes, Sissy, and he'll be all right. So that's how we're going to build this thing. So let's let's talk. Let's start with the cash flow. Let's begin to look at our financial houses with our cash flow on the first level. Does anybody in here know right now, without doing any math, because we're going to do some math, without doing any math, anybody in here know right now off the top of your head, what's your monthly cash flow? Not you. Right, and you don't have to say it out loud, but I want us to be thinking about what's our monthly cash flow. So, do anybody in here ever think about what am I going to eat this month? Am I going to be able to take advantage of this particular opportunity? How much is this? Does anybody analyze their opportunities like this? Hey, D-Dove, you have an opportunity to do something great. And you instantly go, oh, can I afford to take this opportunity? Anybody in here do I do it. So I, I still do it from time to time. Right? Right? So understanding our cash flow will help properly position us to where we can have more control over how we respond and react to these opportunities, right? So let's dive in and look at our cash flow. So now, another thing that you guys are going to all get, everybody that's here is going to get an email of a blueprint workbook. This workbook is going to have detailed stuff laid out in it uh, for you to analyze your cash flow, your um, um, uh, net worth, all this kind of stuff. But the first thing we want to do to calculate our cash flow is we want to begin to look at our total household income. So for those of you that have taken notes, and we're going to spend some time on this, because we're going to talk about some other stuff later on. But we're going to spend some time on it. Oh, man. Candace, I set my timer and didn't start. Oh, yes, I did start it. Cool. Um, I was going to say, I set my timer and didn't start it. I've been going for at least 20 minutes. All right. So we're going to, um, I want you guys to get out some paper or your phone notes, whatever you got. And I want you to start just going through on your own. We're not going to talk about this. And nobody's going to be sharing this stuff. This is for you to have. But just begin to think through your um, your cash flow, your actual income. So I want you to think just income right now, just income. So if you got a job, how much money are you bringing in every two weeks, every week, every month from that job after taxes? Um, if you're gigging, what's my average gig? What's what what does that look like? What's my standard fee? What do I normally bring in? If I do this, if I do that, if I do this, how much is my time worth? And so before today is over. I want you guys to be able to, to say with confidence between some of the stuff that Candace is going to be doing and some of the stuff I'm doing, I want you to be able to say with confidence, this is what my time is worth. Um, and I want you to be able to say, be confident and not feel bad about putting a price tag on your time. Because one of the things that we feel that, 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 that gets us, um, I'm not a creative in the sense of you guys being creative, but I'm a creative in my own right in that this is what I love doing, standing before people and educating and sharing with people. And oftentimes, I have a real hard complex when somebody says, hey, JB, I want you to come to Sofa, Virginia, and talk to a group of folks about finances. What do you charge? And it's like, man, I really want to help folks, and I really want to get this information out, and everybody needs this, but I don't want to, you know, I don't feel right. To, like, no. Like, own your greatness, own your gift, and be comfortable saying my time is valuable. And what you'll find is that people, when you say that, people will say, you're right, Mr. Dub, your time is valuable. What do you want us to pay? Most of the time, and Candace, I hope I'm not getting in your way, but um, most of the time what I've found, I haven't met anybody not willing to pay me what I'm worth to come and speak. I have the complex of telling people what I'm worth. But whenever I say it, they say, okay, because guess what? Before they even called me, they had a budget for this thing that they wanted to get done. Alright? So overall we're going to take on our purpose. On just why are we doing this? 
right, while we're doing this, then I process how we're going to navigate and the actual payoff, the benefit of actually having a plan and having a blueprint. And right now we're talking through actually discovering our cash flow. So we're going to discover our cash flow. So let's write down, right now, everybody has written, has everybody written down your income? Everybody? Everybody? If you need more time, say time. Pretty good? Time? All right. We're going to give about 30 more seconds to think through our income. Uh, and that's your income. If you're married, that's the spouse's income. That's um, full-time. That's any other income. If you have, um, if, you're, if you're not married, if you have some type of alimony or child support or anything like that, that's all income. Anything that's income. Anything that's income. And now I want us to be thinking about our household expenses. So now I want you guys to start thinking about your household expenses. So in another column, I want you to write down all of your expenses. So your mortgage, your rent, your um, utilities, transportation costs, how much you pay for your car, your car insurance, groceries. How often do you fill up your car? Do you fill up once a week? And if, you, if so, how much does it cost you to fill up? Is it a $40 fill up? Is it a $50 fill up? A $30 fill up? $20 fill up? How often are you filling up? How much does it cost you to fill up? Um, clothing. How often do you have to shop? How often do you buy stuff? If performing is a part of your of, of, of who you are, um, how often do you buy stuff to perform in? What you're spending on that stuff? How are you spending on that stuff? Right? Uh, for those of you who have a business and everybody in here who's an artist should have a business, I want you to be thinking about the same thing, but we gotta get to the point to where we're doing business stuff with our business accounts and personal stuff with our personal accounts and never the two shall meet, okay? Hallelujah, I knew somebody was in here would like that. Never the two shall meet, all right? And if you, but here's the beauty of it, here's the beauty of it, because I started the business. When I started my business, my account was my business account. Right? I didn't know no better. But once I knew better, I had to do better. Right? So it's cool if up until this point you've done everything in one account. This is a safe place. This We're, we're good. This is safety. We're family. All right? We can help you get that other account started before you leave here today. And we can do it online and you can do it for free. All right? If you need more time, say time. If you're good, we can keep going. All right? While they're doing that, I'm going to pour me up a little bit more water. Anybody got a question real quick about income uh, or expenses, our cash flow so far? That last thing you just said yeah. about the expense, I mean, uh, business, not running over and so on. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And so here's the thing. In the beginning, in the beginning, we're everything, right? So in the beginning, you're the accounting department. You're the sales fulfillment department. You're the marketing team. You're the HR. You're the payroll. You're everything in the beginning. But what's going to happen, the sooner we get to that point to where we're a little bit more intentional about it, the sooner we're going to position our business. So the sooner we're going to position our business to be a real business and, and an asset. And so we're going to talk about, so when I first started my business, I thought I started a business, right? I thought I started a business. I thought, I knew, I knew I had a business. But what I realized, that same sister who challenged me to start saving money when I was in middle school, she just sat me down one day because, again, I thought I started a business, right? So I thought I started a business, and <laughs> I was having some cash flow issues, right? So I'm like, sis, I need a couple bucks. I got some cash flow issues. I need some help. 
And she chuckled. She, she was like, okay, send me your business statements. What? 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 <laughs> I said, what? She said, send me, she said, send me your business statement. She said, she said, she said, send me a balance sheet and an income statement. She said, as a matter of fact, just send me your income statement. Don't even worry about the balance sheet. She said, send me your income statement. True story. She said, send me your income statement. And she said, whatever your income, whatever your revenue, she ain't talking about income. She ain't talking about, she said, whatever your revenue is that you can show me with your income statement for the last six months, I'll give to you to help you get through the next six I didn't have an income statement. Yeah. Right? Right? I was smart. Um, I, I know what an income statement is. Like I know you're supposed to have those, but I'm just a, I'm just me. Like it's just, she's like it doesn't matter. And that was a valuable lesson. And she said, if you're going to really be a business, be a business. If you're not, go out and get a good job and take care of yourself. And that it it, it struck. It hit me to my core. It hit me in my gut. Like, man, does she not support me? No, she believed in me, but she knew there was a better way. When you have a business, when I set up this business, and we're going to talk about that in the second session, I'm, I created, I'm leveraging systems and people. So now I actually have a business where I leverage systems and people, and if I'm not directly in front of a client, I can still get paid. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a business. And each and every artist in this room, and each and every person in this room, you are a business enterprise all in and of yourself. And what uh, what we have to work through over the next 12 months together with Candace and myself and, and you guys, what we have to work through is shifting from being this island out here by myself into a business entity and being okay with that. Being a business entity does not mean that I am... You know, I'm now part of this capitalistic problem of America. And that's the mindset that we have to shift, especially as black people, um, because we don't want to view, we, I say it this way, we don't want to limit the possibilities for our inability to see the big picture. Right? All right, we're going to go more into that. Worky, work home, see. Worky, work home, see. Worky, work home, see. Worky work home sleep, eh? Worky work home sleep, eh? Worky work home sleep, eh? Side note, why do the ends always have to meet? I mean, haven't we done this before? Don't we do this like every week? Haven't the ends met already? Why they leave each other? I mean, what they got amnesia? And why do I have to be the one to introduce them to each other? I'm in this joint like cash, this is debt. And debt, this is cash. Cash is the one who be bandaging my scars when debt be kicking my ass. So, tell us your name. My name is uh, Douglas Powell, artistically Roscoe Burnham's. <laughs> And what's your medium? My medium is uh, poetry and spoken word. Okay. And what's your artist tip? My artist tip is to uh, create as much as possible and as often as you can um, because that is what will keep you working. (laughs) People always love new work. Um, New work keeps you current. Uh, New work keeps you active. And uh, an active artist is a money-making artist Um, or at least giving you more opportunities to, to create more, you know, giving you creating more opportunities to become a money maker artist. Mm, okay, cool. Where can we find you? Um, around the corner. <laughs> um, that's a creepy statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's weird. 
Um, uh, Instagram, Roscoe Burnham's, uh, R-O-S-C-O-E-B-U-R-N-E-M-S. Uh, Roscoe Burnham's really on all, on all platforms. Cool. Do you have a website? Yes. Um, RoscoeB.Webs.com. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Worky, work home, sleep. Hey, worky, work home, sleep. Hey, worky, work home, sleep. Hey. So, we got our income and our, our expenses, right? So, I want you to add up all your income and add up all your expenses. Add up all your income, add up all your expenses. Includes variable, right? Yep, yep, yep. Include everything that you can think of. And now, when you add this up, you're going to add up your income, you're going to add up your expenses, and you're going to subtract them from each other. Now, this is going to, we're going to see two things. We're going to see, I got a little bit more money left over at the end of all this, or we're going to see, I got more expenses than I actually have money coming in. We're going to see one of those two things, right? We're going to see one of those two things. Now, here's the beauty of all this. It don't really matter what you see right now, right? My grandmother used to tell me, baby, don't worry about what you see because that's just temporary stuff, right? I didn't really understand what she meant until I became an adult and started trying to do some of this stuff and navigate through this world on my own. If you focus on immediately what's in front of you, you're bound for destruction. Because either two things are going to happen. You're going to see failures, and you're going to see something you don't like, and you're going to throw, want to throw in the towel. Or, equally as powerful, you're going to be like, oh, I had a good month last month. I had a good, you're going to see that success, and you're going to see a couple of positive numbers. So some of you guys are seeing a couple of positive numbers, and when you saw it, the first thing you said was, oh, I'm good. No, you're not. Right? So what we see is, is we're doomed for failure if we focus on what we see. Mm. Good or bad. Good or bad. One of the things I try to challenge all of my financial advisors that, that we talk to, that's a part of our team, is that who cares that you had a good month? Forget it. It's over with. It is gone. Because just as good as last month was, this month could be twice as bad. And if we don't have a plan in place, and we don't have allocations laid out for our dollars, and we're not telling every single dollar that comes to our hand exactly what to do, we're doomed to destroy it. We're doomed to lose it, and we're doomed to mess up bad. Right? So good or bad, we're going to be messed up if we look at what's in front of us. Because just like that, it can change. So I have a question. Yes, sir. Um, I came out in the black 1500 So by me having $1,500 left over, how should I prepare for April. Okay. If so I'm in Mar- I'm marches marches tomorrow. Before you answer that question, JP, he should answer. No, that was kind of right, 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 right. Good morning. And why he should be suited? <laughs> I'm not suited and good like JP. It's Saturday. It was a trick. Yes, it's my day. Love um, you, My name is Rasan Lawrence, uh, CPA certified public accountant. Here locally, my office is less than two miles from here where we grew up, me and my sister. Um, my specialty is taxation and bookkeeping. So please, I, I didn't want to like. No, you needed to. You need. <laughs> thank you for being here. But um, so no, no, great question. But my my question is is, um, is so I have fifteen hundred dollars left over for February, but March is tomorrow. So how do I set aside? How do I shift my focus from here and now into the future? So that's a great question. And um, 
we want to open up and we're going to do a couple more questions. We're going to come back for another session because uh, Candice, we're getting close about, we should have about close to 15 minutes. I want you some questions. Okay. So we're going to come, we're going to, we're going to answer that and then we're going to probably share one more thing and we'll, we'll get to That's where we're going next. So we see, first of all, let's answer the other question first, the unanswered, the unasked question first. If you see a deficit, if you don't see, if you don't see a bottom, then not the end of the world. All right, I'm taking some stuff really, really quick that we can do to, to, to change all of that, right? So there's either two things that you can do if you have a deficit. There's only two ways to improve your position. I can cut my expenses, right? I can cut my expenses, or I can make more money. Mm. <laughs> I can cut my expenses or I can make more money. I got you. So. Cutting the expenses part. Let's 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 do that first, since that's what most people think is the easiest. All right, I I would challenge that, but most people think cutting out the expenses is the easiest part, right? So you can get a you can get a cheaper phone plan, right? You can get a cheaper phone plan. You can you don't have to have every new iPhone every time it come out, right? So we get a cheaper phone plan. We can cut the string. We can cut the cord or whatever they're calling it now. We can cut the cord. So true story. After this, not right now. Anybody got to cut the cord? Anybody got questions about cutting the cord? I got you. I got you. I literally pay fifty-eight bucks a year. Live TV, everything. It's dope. All Excuse the me? sporting events, all the everything. Oh yeah. After all this, we're after all this. Okay, it's great. <laughs> a year for right now. Now, how long is going to be legal and available? I don't know. Hey. Hey. Legal? Hey. I was hey. talking so yeah, so so we can cut expenses, right? We can cut back if you got vacant space, right? If you got vacant space, if you got a two bedroom apartment or a two bedroom home, and there's nobody, you can you can rent a room, you can set some stuff up. Every, like we can cut some expenses, making more money. The first thing for the people in this room, the first thing that you can do in this room is stop giving away your time and your creativity. That's the first thing that this room can do. Stop giving away your time and creativity. And even when you do stuff for free, figure out a way to make it profitable. So I have an event March the 13th and 14th in Atlanta. This church asked me to come in. What do you cost? What do your team cost? And it's not just me. I'm bringing five folks with me to put on their platform. They're like, hey, how much does this stuff cost? And I was like, great. All right. Boom. Here's my fee. So I sent them a letter and an invoice with my fee. Now, we're doing it for this church for free, right? We're doing it for this particular church for free. But here are the conditions that came along with my invoice. So I sent the invoice, and we just had a conference call with the pastor this week, and everything's a go, and we're super excited. I think they got like 600 folks from the church that registered and signed up to be at this thing. I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm coming. Number one, I billed him. I gave him a real invoice with a real price on it that we really charged for. That was the first thing. Now, I gave him a discount that let us know it's going to be free for him. But I said, in order for us to go through with this thing, here's what I need you to do, and I need you to commit to. Number one, we need a photographer there from your church. We need a photographer from there, from your church, and here's our photography, our, our hit list, so to speak. We gave them a hit list of these are the shots we want you to include. I need you to have shots of the crowd. I need you to have shots of all of our speakers. And I need you to have somebody behind each one of our speakers capturing them speaking to the crowd. So we gave them a detailed hit list of what we need. Number two is, in addition to the hit list, I need you to write a letter of recommendation to your, um, um, not denomination, but your, um, no. your, your conference, to your conference. They're part of the Missionary Baptist Church thing. I need you to write a letter 
of recommendations to your network of churches, okay? And I need to have a dinner that will actually buy, so, well, when I say we, this amazing sister again, she's buying the dinner. Um, <laughs> she's one of the speakers too. But, so, she's buying dinner for these same pastors the night before. And we're sitting down with all these pastors with the feet, you know, for free, so they ain't anything. They come and have a great meal. And we're talking to these pastors about how to help your constituents have more money in their pockets. So if you're always driving about tithing and giving and doing all this stuff, guess what? If I don't have any money, I ain't giving you no money. But if you show people you're really concerned about it, so all of that stuff, so that, that works. And then afterwards, live on location, there are going to be two live referral videos, one in the midst of the programming, right? Why? So we can get noise in the background and let people know activities going on, this thing is bumping, this thing is humming, this thing is good. And then they're going to do one immediately following, just so happens going to be kind of right where all the folks are walking out of. So they're doing that. And then they gave us permission to get on the spot interviews for the folks who attend. Mm. Guess what? They're not giving us a dime, but they're giving us so much more in value hey. than what my invoice would have been. Hey, in that space, you probably right. rather take that than if they're paying just for cash. Come on, come on. So, and of those 600 folks, 100, 100 to 150 of those 600 people will become clients of mine. And um, artists, don't miss what he did not just say. Please don't miss what he just said. All, all that was to paint a picture of TMB, time, money, value. That's it. That's it. So please don't miss what he said. It was that, that, that's it. I like that. And then Bring now that we now that we have a surplus, what, 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 what you you been okay? Now that we have a surplus, so I got a fifteen hundred dollars surplus. So for me, my number one goal was I have no surplus until I have enough surplus. That was just my rule. I have no surplus until I have enough surplus. And for me, I made enough surplus six months worth of my desired income. Six months worth of my desired income. So for me, all surplus went into an ally savings account, and still does, even now, into an ally savings account that's online, that's out of sight, out of mind, they pay about 2% uh, on your money while it's sitting out there, which is a little bit better than what the bank, you just walk down the street to the bank, they're gonna give you unless you got a ton of money to give them up front. Um, so it goes, that 1500 for me would go into my surplus account until I had enough surplus. I tell people at least try to have three months worth of your desired income or at least three months worth of your expenses, however you decide to do it. I like going with income because in a perfect world, my income encompasses everything, not just my bare minimum bills I need to live and survive, but my bills, my savings, my giving, my entertainment, my enjoyment. Like I want to, I want my surplus to be based on my income. So if I'm if I'm transitioning or I change jobs, I do something. I'm not limited to just keeping the lights on. I still, if I want to, you know, go out and get a hamburger, I want to go out and get a hamburger, go out and get a salad, I want to go out and get a salad, whatever. Um, so, so that's step number one. Once we've got into that place of surplus, then you create a rule. So my rule is, um, and my wonderful colleague Adrian Burgess snuck in. Um, Candace got all of us looking like <laughs> government officials. Guys, we wanted to dress down. Candace was like, no. Sit down. 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 Sit down.
so 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 once we get to our once we get to our um our surplus, now we create rules. So my rule right now is I know what my cash flow bottom line out of the house. Like my household to for my household to thrive and survive and do all the great stuff we need to do, I need to make thirty nine hundred bucks a month. We live a very minimalist lifestyle, we don't have a ton of expenses, we don't have a debt. I need to make thirty nine hundred dollars a month. That includes swimming and dance and ballet for my daughter and all this other stuff. $3,900 a month covers all of my bills, right? My rule in my house is that if I don't make at least $7,500 a month, all the extra still go into my surplus fund. It still go into my ally account to this day. Once I make over $7,500 a month, anything over $7,500 a month, 50% of that is like, dude, you have a good month, good job, enjoy yourself. And 50% of that still goes into the surplus account or we'll decide we might want to do something with the kids. But then we got access to anything over 7500 Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, thank you, because that's what I was about to say. How does that? So it, in, in layman's terms, what you're saying is, today's February 29th, and I have an extra 1500 This is This 1500 is my surplus going into March. So I'm, my goal is to make $6,000. So that means... Six thousand plus fifteen gives me seventy-five hundred dollars. Right. So we in April. So April, I get an extra fifteen hundred. So that means I made my six, and then I made another fifteen plus my additional fifteen. That means I'm going into April with nine thousand dollars. Right. So three thousand, six thousand for my bills. Six thousand for my bills. Three thousand is my extra. Yeah. So that extra I'm putting into my ally or putting into a some, surplus some account. Savings, some surplus account. So here's ally. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to write this out. Candace, can I erase this? Everybody got this? Then when you get a six thousand surplus, you take three thousand. So, so let's say we got uh, what's up? Oh, uh, oh y'all can't see it. Okay, go ahead. Now, uh, and I'm listening, but I'm gonna write. I'm listening to. You. Okay. I won't ask. All right, so with me, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, uh, I'm an artist, and it's kind of, it's kind of a struggle between you know having a regular job and on the side, and uh, how do I? I know the answer, but I want. How do I make more money in order to save it and build myself? What do I like? In my mind, I'm thinking get a job, get a job, get a job, and sell art. You know what I'm saying? What can I actually do? Do I need to go pick up more jobs? Okay, so so there's two types of discomfort. Okay, there's two types of uh, two types of discomfort, and I've lived them all. I've lived them all. I've lived the discomfort of not having enough resources, not having money. I've been, I lived the discomfort of being broke, right? And I've lived the discomfort of being sleep, lack of sleep, and overwork. Okay. Living both of those and knowing both of those well, I'd rather not have sleep and be overworked. Temporary. Temporary. So I'll show I'll tell you what that looks like for me when I was in my so when I finally came to my what I call my financial awakening as an adult, when I actually had resources to do stuff, I I, I was teaching economics and finance at a high school in Savannah, Georgia and coaching basketball. Right? And I was like, man, I'm on this hamster wheel. Like I know what I want to do. And so I was going to, since I didn't make it to the league to play ball, I was going to work my way up coaching. Coach college, 
be a good coach, have guys in the league, and then do this whole financial management. And I was like, man, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting anywhere. How do I make more money? What do I do? So I did everything I could on the expense side and cut my expenses. Then I began to, uh, at the Hyatt Hotel, Hyatt Hotel downtown Savannah, I became a night auditor. And for three years, for three years, I worked from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., showered at the hotel, was at the school by 7.30, 8 o'clock, talked and coached and did my basketball practices. We normally got done with basketball practice at 4.30, went home, ate, showered, and went back to work at 11 o'clock. I did it for three years. And so to answer your question, you do whatever you got to do legally to get you to where you need to be, right? That younger brother I talked about who does still got money from us raking rake leaves as kids, he was the vice president of a Fortune 500 company, vice president, and cleaning buildings at night. Right? Cleaning buildings at night. Mm -hmm. Driving people in free time. So you can Uber. You can get a second job if you want to. We can be resourceful with the resources that we have and stop wasting, right? right? But the reality is we just have to get to a point to where we're not good with delayed satisfaction, delayed gratification, and we're not good with sacrifice. And we have to get to a point to where I want tomorrow, I want tomorrow so bad that I'm willing to sacrifice today without losing the essence of who we are. Can I add something? Yes, ma'am. Because I feel what he's asking. Um, and I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But I guess kind of like as an artist, you're wanting to put your work out there. You feel like you have a voice and you want people, hopefully you don't want just people to buy, you know, and you're going to get financial gain only because art is getting a message out there. Right. So you want to know how do you create wealth, but also be an artist, right. which doesn't always translate into wealth. You could, mm -hmm. you could, but to me, to add to what he's saying is, you've got to kind of know what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go more into being the artist, Start looking for, I mean, really, get quiet and start looking for the opportunities to put your art out there. Even if it's like having a venue like this where you hang your things or, um, you know, whatever. You're creative, so the ideas are always coming to you. But the problem is that we all go through is we don't listen to ourselves. Right. You know, we don't really see that we're so dope. You know, we wait for other people to tell us that we're dope. So just to go no, in great. the direction that that's he's great. saying, grind it out in the direction that one you're trying to You have to, you have to one way or the other. And, and, and that's what I was gonna say, art can be that. Art can be that grind. So it's definitely another job. It's me, you know, so one of the things I ask, because um, in my profession, we're 100% commission in my profession. 100% commission, I've been 100% commission since October 2012, 100%. So it's the thing that we often tell people, I'm asking folks, hey, all right, get real intentional with how, where, and how you spend your time. I'm telling my folks, at least two net, at least two events that are income potential income generating events for you every single month. At least you know going going and meeting at least ten business owners to her point. What's your name? Rena. Rena. To Rena's point, at least ten business owners every week 
Like there's enough businesses in Greenville where you can go into 10 businesses every week. Sir, I heard you got a building, uh, I heard you got an office like less than two miles from here. Would you mind if I put some artwork up? Um, 10 businesses every week. Get beat the payments, 10 businesses every week, right? My chiropractor is on Pelham Road, black, black owned business on Pelham, and he has black art all throughout his building. And they all got price tags on them, so somebody's done that, right? Right. So 10 businesses a week, can I put my artwork up? Can I do this, can I? Um, percentage. Um, numbers game. You can search Meetup, uh, Eventbrite, search Meetup and Eventbrite. Like I do it to this day. I'll search Meetup, like I'm in Atlanta the 12th through the 13th, I was gonna be in Atlanta the 12th through the 15th. But I was like, I'm in Atlanta. I'm gonna be here. Let me check on Meetup to see what's going on. Let me check Eventbrite to see what's going on. I did the same thing in DC. I was in DC last week. I said, I'm being DC. Let me check Eventbrite to see what's going on. Saw something going on with somebody I'm affiliated with from college. Reached out to them. Like, man, this is dope what y'all are doing. Can I come check it out? She was like, sure, come check it out. She told me a little bit of information about it. And it didn't seem like she kind of had like a food sponsor. It seemed like she was kind of doing everything on her own. You know, you can look at stuff yeah. and you can kind of figure out. I was like, hey, who's your food sponsor? She was like, my husband. I was like, do you think he'd have a problem if I bought food for everybody instead of him buying she said, no. <laughs> I said, dope. I said, if I come in and buy food, I'm being DC already, you're right around the corner from where I'm gonna be. I'll come in and buy food, but I would love to tell folks about what I do. That was the night before. The next day, me and my buddy Broderick were sitting down with a couple who's a dentist and his wife in PAB school for something. And we were sitting down with them about making them potential clients. And they were like, man, we've been talking about we need a financial advisor because she's about to graduate grad school. And he's, he runs a dental practice that makes close to $400,000 a year. Having those conversations, doing that stuff. So those just two things, and then like, we can talk more and more. We got to transition. We can talk some more about this, and we're gonna get back to you. I promise you. Oh, no, no, that's the, that was, I'm, but no, I'm with you. Last man. question while Candace is walking up. Um, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah so, so with the idea of, I want to go back to the idea of not being scared to put prices on yourself, because yes. that's most. In a lot of cases, that's most of our issue. And so, like, when we're talking about grinding it out in the direction of what you want to be doing, I do, I'm an artist. I, without a slam, I do, you know, gigs. I also battle rap. All in the direction of, like, art. Then, on the side of that, I have a service called The Dojo, where I, I'm a personal slam coach. Um, so then, I talk to the people who do stuff like that and it's basically kind of like consulting. Yeah. I like edit yeah. work, I give prompts, I teach performance, I will go to a slam with you and coach you through it, all types of stuff. <coughs> and then I talk to people who do kind of stuff like that but maybe in a different lane. And they're like, yeah, you know, I just really kind of charge a retainer of this much, but then I also, when I give the service, I charge this much. And it's like triple what I charge to do everything I do. Right. And I charge half like, as good as what you do, and half as and right. without right. without nearly the the credential right. that I got behind myself. Like I'm literally You're the, the number one poet in the world. Like at the second at this point in time right now, I can take that and say, he I'm said, a everybody else go home. No, no, home. I no, I wasn't. I'm talking about when you gotta put it down on paper why you're worth what you're worth. Right. I, that did sound like a no, 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 but like, like I can put that down on paper and that can make me worth five times more than what I would charge, but then I gotta think, like, but you're worth it. No, 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 you're worth it. You're worth it. People will, 
here's the thing. We are valuable. We are dope. Hey, We're worth it. Have everybody say that. And yeah. believe it. Right. Lead us. Lead us. Lead us. Lead us. I'm valuable. I'm valuable. I'm valuable. I'm sorry. I'm I mean, we did start. So that ain't our problem. No, man. You dope. Work, eat, work, home, sleep. Hey, 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 America sold us a dream. Just a reminder, Invest Like an Artist does not give investment, finance, tax, or legal advice. This is the beginning, not the end, of your own due diligence. To read the full disclaimer, visit our website at investlikeanartist.com. This episode was recorded in Greenville, South Carolina. Invest Like an Artist is supported by The Watering Hole Poetry at twhpoetry.org and is produced by Carl Antonowicz of cantocomics.com. Our theme music was written by Douglas Powell, a.k.a. Roscoe Burnham's at roscoeb.webs.com and produced by Kyle Epps at blcgld.com. For more information and for a helpful discussion of finances for artists, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit us at investlikeanartist.com.